0: me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts, set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. As we continue on our. Lenten Sermon Series. I just want to quickly review, particularly since we have, I know, some visitors and we have some people who uh, are returning to the island. And I want to talk about what we've covered over the last five weeks with uh, the Sermon Series on some of the miracles of Jesus. And the first two miracles had to do with Jesus turning water into wine and Jesus feeding the 5,000, which revealed Jesus to be Lord over creation. And then the next two sermons had to do with Jesus healing ten lepers, healing leprosy, and then Jesus healing the paralytic, Jesus being able to heal the human body, physical illnesses. That Jesus is Lord over healing. But the second healing that he did, he actually addressed the forgiveness of sin first. To show that, in part, he has a different perspective oftentimes than we have. He has an eternal perspective. That God's priorities aren't always our priorities. And then last week, we talked about Jesus delivering the man who was possessed with a legion of angels, that he's Lord over the spiritual world and the demonic. All of these together form a picture of Jesus being Lord, his Lordship, that he's the Messiah, the one who has come into the world. That we're told in Scripture, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's what's being established over and over again by these miracles, that it points to His Messiahship. And today, I don't know how many of you caught the title of the sermon, if you happened to look at it. It's an odd title. The sermon's entitled, The Miracle That Didn't Happen. And in fact, as I prepared this sermon series, this was actually one of the miracles that I got most excited about. And it was funny because I told Meredith that, and she wanted to know what the sermon was about. And I don't usually tell Meredith what the sermon was about. But she kind of said, You have to. So I did. And in fact, it turned out as I began to reflect and think about this particular week, because that's really what the sermon is focused on, because there's a number of miracles throughout Jesus' life and ministry that he could have done. And we know that if you really understand and study Jesus' life and his ministry throughout. That he could have done a number of miracles that he chose not to do. There's two in particular that come out during this week, which we call the Passion Week or Holy Week. And it really starts out and you get that feel if you think about the readings that we do on Palm Sunday. Think about the beginning of the service when we do the Liturgy of the Palms. Because at the beginning of the service, we do the reading of Palm Sunday when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and there's this tremendous high that all these people are praising Christ. And He's entering Jerusalem. And they're celebrating His Messiahship. And they're singing Hosanna in the highest. And then we get to the end of the Passion Gospel reading, when Jesus has died. And there's this tremendous low. This week is full of passion. And emotion and drama. And you have the impact if you just take those two readings as bookends of this week from Sunday to Friday. And we know what's coming Next Sunday. But during the course of this week, and in particular what we refer to as the passion of Jesus, the passion of Christ, which really begins when he's arrested, there are two miracles in particular that Jesus has the opportunity to perform that he turns down. One, he states himself. One, he's invited to do. And in both cases, it has to do with immediate gratification. That he could have performed these miracles to serve himself. And we can all think of areas of our lives... that we have passed on immediate gratification for specific reasons. I can think of opportunities of immediate gratification that I have passed on for the sake of my marriage, my children, my home, my car, such as it is. That many of the blessings that I have in my life, I have because I've passed on immediate gratification and opportunities that I've had. That I've had to exercise restraint in my life and learn to grow in that restraint. I've had to bite my tongue at times. Trust me, if I said everything that came to my mind that I wanted to say, even things I thought I should say that I don't, emails that I want to write immediately back and I don't, emails that I write and I am all over but don't send and I rewrite, Learning to practice restraint. As scripture invites us, be angry but do not sin. That's what we're talking about. That I look back at times and I know at times earlier in my life I was less able to do that. And I'm not saying I've got it together now all the time. But I can look back and say I've gotten better. For example, sporting equipment today that back in my teen years did not last. A tennis racket, for example, in my teen years that I had to replace. A golf club in my teen years that I had to replace. I don't do that stuff anymore. That we learn. Restraint. We learn not to give in to immediate gratification. We learn to deal with our anger over time. Because we realize that when we hold back, that oftentimes we're serving something good, something better, something best, the greater good. And that's what Jesus was doing when he passed on these particular opportunities to perform miracles, that he chose love, he chose costly love for our sake, over that, in his human desire, in his humanness, he could have, he could have done, and may have been tempted to do, but said, no. No. Let me tell you what those miracles were. The first thing is that these happened during Passion Week. Where emotions were running high. Where in fact, his ego was filled. His ego was lifted up. As he comes into Jerusalem. As people are crying out, Messiah. As he was tempted to take the easy route. As these crowds were around him. But his actual passion began at the arrest when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And if you know the reading in Luke's Gospel that immediately precedes what we have when Jesus was arrested, Peter, in responding to this crowd that comes out, cuts off the ear of this slave Malchus. And Jesus, amazingly, heals this slave's ear. Now, why everybody didn't stop at that point and say, Okay, we're out of here. You know, I mean, think about it. He heals the slave's ear, and everybody sees it, and they don't say, Wow, this is amazing, and he cares about people. Maybe we ought to rethink this. No, they arrest him anyway. But what does Jesus say at that moment? So you need to put the Gospels all together because they give different pictures and different parts of the story. Matthew's Gospel at this point says, quoting Jesus, put your sword away. I could right now call down twelve legions of angels. Thousands of angels. Which actually harkens back to the temptation in Luke chapter 4, when he comes out of the wilderness after fasting for 40 days. And Satan takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and says, Cast yourself down, because his angels will take charge of you lest you dash your foot against a stone. In other words, you can show that your lordship by just having your angels come out and take care of you so that you're not hurt. It's the same temptation visiting him here. Instead of being arrested, which he knew was going to happen, instead of facing all the pain that he was about to face, he could have had the angels come and taking care of all of them. Instead of him suffering the pain, he could have inflicted pain. He could have survived. He could have been protected. He could have served his own self-interest and self-preservation. He chose not to. He chose to serve us instead. He said, I could. I could. But he already decided. When he came down to earth, he had already decided. When he was in the garden before praying and said, not my will, your will be done, he had already decided. Second miracle he passed on. We have in our reading. He was tempted three times in a row. First by the crowd, then by the soldiers, then by the thieves who had their own self interest in mind. Why don't you come down from the cross and save yourself? He could have impressed them, he could have wowed them. He could have shown his lordship. Some might have even believed in him. That's not why he came. He didn't come down for his own self preservation, his own self interest. He didn't come down to impress people. Once again, he had already had that negotiation. He came down to serve his Father, to submit to his Father. He came down to die on a cross in our place for our sin. So he had to die. He knew that. He said that. It was prophesied in the Old Testament as we heard read from Isaiah. It's what had to happen. And if he came down to the, from the cross, it wouldn't have happened. Because of self interest, because of self preservation. Jesus decided, when He decided to come to earth, when He decided to submit fully, wholly and completely to the Father's will, that He would serve to the end. The purpose being for the greatest miracle of all, which was the cross and the resurrection. For the greatest good of all, what was best, which is for our salvation. That's why he came. That's why he went through the passion. That's why he stayed on the cross and died on the cross. It's my sin that kept him there. It's his love for me that kept him there. And his love for you. That's why he stayed on the cross. He didn't have to, he chose to. I know at times I've been short-sighted. I haven't looked for the big picture. I haven't perceived from God's perspective. Because I look from my perspective. When Jesus did the miracles, He always looked from God's perspective. Because he always had an eternal perspective in mind. We oftentimes are looking for our physical well being, our material blessing. What's in it for me? What serves me? Instead of God's perspective. Long term commitment, costly love. That's what God's about. Serving others, being patient and long suffering, and self sacrificial. That's what Jesus lived for. You know, we talk about what would Jesus do, and we seek as Christians to be Christ-like. And it might seem a bit arrogant to even think about putting on Jesus' shoes and walking in his footsteps. But in a sense, that's what we're invited to do. And I think about, particularly with these two miracles, the legion of angels, I'm not sure I wouldn't have called them down. Coming down from the cross, I'm not sure I wouldn't have come down. said, what now? Sometimes we think so lightly of what it is to be a Christian or even what he did for me so that I might respond to him. Sometimes in the past I've been so hard on the apostles when I look at them. I mean, I sometimes read and say, how could they possibly not believe in Him? How could they possibly flee and not stand by Him? How could they not stay and pray with Jesus when they asked Him to? The reality is, that's me. A lot of times, How I can be short sighted. How quickly I can forget. Because I do lose sight of what He's done for me. Because I do look at my own desires. What's in it for me? Self interest. Instead of his costly love. And how I might live for him. But the same self sacrifice with the same love. because the cross is not the end what's coming is the greatest miracle of all the resurrection the power of the resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit that this life that he calls us to that we're not called to live it of our own strength and we're not called to live it alone That He sent Jesus to that cross to be our Savior. That we might know the depth of our sin and the depth of our need. And the depth of our own shortcomings. But that the resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit, that we have the ability and the power to change because of His love and His grace and His Spirit. That's why he stayed on the cross. For my sin and out of love for me. And for your sin and out of love for you. This week, I invite you to take a look at your life, an honest look at your life, and say, Who am I really? Where is my faith really? Who am I serving really? Do I understand the depth of His love? That He's my Savior. And He wants to be my Lord. And to know that love. And know the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Take an honest look this week. And know the real, the greatest miracle of all. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came. That you went to the cross and you stayed on the cross. Haunted, tempted for our sin and because you love us. Help us to recognize the depth of your love and the depth of our need. The temptation we have to serve ourselves and the power you have to bring us to yourself. And to change us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.